Long history. Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 6, The Loco Emperor and the Hunt for Gold. Hello again and welcome to Long History, I hope you're all well. For any new listeners, welcome to the place where we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes or so. If you've listened to brief histories and are looking for something with a bit more detail, you've found the right place. The document Long History is currently covering is by Sir Walter Raleigh and it's his search for the legendary El Dorado. It's a slightly eccentric document. If you've listened to Cabeza de Vaca's journey around the Gulf Coast in the 1500s for example, or have listened to a long history's account of Hernando de Soto's expedition around the southern United States, you'll be used to these explorations being given as almost a diary of events. Sir Walter Raleigh in this text, however, he creates an eccentric cocktail of fact and fantasy, of rumour, of past histories that may or may not have taken place, almost as if he wants to say everything but doesn't want to admit that his own journey wasn't very successful. This is episode 6 of an 18-point series, so wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure the other few episodes are just a few taps and clicks away. And we've still got lots of Raleigh's exploration, adventure and history to go. So don't forget to subscribe to be informed when the remaining episodes are released, so you can hear more about Sir Walter Raleigh's attempts to find El Dorado. Speaking of which, in this episode Raleigh describes numerous attempts to find Guyana's city of gold. All these attempts work on the theory that this fabled city is somewhere in South America's interior. There are rumours, many rumours, that it can be reached by heading east over the mountains from Peru, or by heading south and west along rivers such as the Orinoco and the Amazon. He's talking about the area that principally comprises Venezuela today, and which in those days was called the New Kingdom of Granada. I think it's called in Spanish here the Nuevo Reino de Granada, and that was the name of the Spanish colonial entity that includes today's Venezuela, Colombia and Panama. There's one standout attempt to find El Dorado in this episode, by a man called Aguirre. He's a particularly notorious and violent conquistador known as El Loco, the madman, who declared himself emperor of Guyana during his time in South America. In this episode the name Berrio will crop up again. He was the Spanish captain on Trinidad, recently removed from office by Raleigh, and he's also the source of much information given by Raleigh here. Now there are many places and names given here. I don't want to bog you down with too much information, but to me at least it's all very interesting. An island called Margarita is mentioned here. This is a Venezuelan island near to Trinidad. And also Paria is mentioned, which is a peninsula on the Venezuelan mainland. It might be worth looking at a map just to situate yourself here. All of this area covers the northern part of South America, however. And before the episode gets started proper, just a reminder that lots of previous explorers have already been mentioned in this document. These include men such as Ordaz, Martinez and Orellana. This list of explorers and their sometimes dubious claims to either have found or have failed to find El Dorado, is added to and expanded here. So here we go with a few tall tales about the discovery of El Dorado in Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 6, The Loco Emperor and the Hunt for Gold. After the death of Ordaz and Martinez, and after Orellana, who was employed by Gonzalo Pizarro, one Pedro de Ursúa, a knight of Navarre attempted Guyana, taking his way into Peru, and built his brigandines upon a river called Oya, which riseth to the southward of Quito and is very great. This river falleth into Amazons, by which Orsua with his companies descended, and came out of that province which is called Motilones. 
and it seemeth to me that this empire is reserved for Her Majesty and the English nation, by reason of the hard success which all these and other Spaniards found in attempting the same, whereof I will speak briefly, though impertinent in some sort to my purpose. This Pedro de Orsua had among his troops a Biscayan called Aguirre, a man meanly born, who bare no other office than a sergeant or alferez. But after certain months, when the soldiers were grieved with travels and consumed with famine, and that no entrance could be found by the branches or body of Amazons, this Aguirre raised a mutiny, of which he made himself the head, and so prevailed as he put Orsua to the sword and all his followers, taking on him the whole charge and commandment, for the purpose not only to make himself emperor of Guyana, but also of Peru, and of all that side of the West Indies. He had of his party seven hundred soldiers, and of those many promised to draw in other captains and companies, to deliver up towns and forts in Peru. But, neither finding by the said river any passage into Guyana, nor any possibility to return towards Peru by the same Amazons, by reason that the descent of the river made so great a current, he was enforced to disembark at the mouth of the said Amazons, which cannot be less than one thousand leagues from the place where they embarked. From thence he coasted the land till he arrived at Margarita, to the north of Montpatar, which is at this day called Puerto de Tirano, for that there he slew Don Juan de Villandreda, governor of Margarita, who was father to Don Juan Sarmiento, governor of Margarita, when Sir John Burr landed there and attempted the island. Aguirre put to the sword all other in the island that refused to be of his party, and took with him certain cimarrons and other desperate companions. From thence he went to Cumana, and there slew the governor, and dealt in all as in Margarita. He spoiled all the coast of Caracas and the province of Venezuela and of Rio de la Hacha. And, as I remember, it was the same year that Sir John Hawkins sailed to San Juan de Ulua in the Jesus of Lubeck, for himself told me that he met with such a one upon the coast that rebelled and had sailed down all the river of Amazons. Aguirre from thence landed about Santa Marta and sacked it also, putting to death so many as refused to be his followers, purposing to invade Nuevo Reino de Granada and to sack Pamplona, Merida, La Grita, Tunja and the rest of the cities of Nuevo Reino, and from thence again to enter Peru. But in a fight in the said Nuevo Reino he was overthrown, and, finding no way to escape, he first put to the sword his own children, foretelling them that they should not live to be defamed or upbraided by the Spaniards after his death, who would have termed them the children of a traitor or tyrant, and that, si thence he could not make them princes, he would yet deliver them from shame and reproach. These were the ends and tragedies of Ordas, Martinez, Orellana, Orsua, and Aguirre. Also, soon after Ordas followed Jerónimo Hortal de Zaragoza, with 130 soldiers, who, failing his entrance by sea, was cast with the current on the coast of Paria and peopled about San Miguel de Neveri. It was then attempted by Don Pedro de Silva, a Portuguese of the family of Rui Gómez de Silva, and by the favour which Rui Gómez had with the king, he was set out. But he also shot wide of the mark. For being departed from Spain with his fleet, he entered by Maranon or Amazons, 
where, by the nations of the river and by the Amazons, he was utterly overthrown, and himself and all his army defeated. Only seven escaped, and of those but two returned. After him came Pedro Hernández de Serpa, and landed at Cumana in the West Indies, taking his journey by land towards Orinoque, which may be some 120 leagues. Ah, but ere he came to the borders of the said river, he was set upon by a nation of the Indians, called Wikiri, and overthrown in such sort that of 300 soldiers, horsemen, many Indians and Negroes, there returned but 18. Others affirm that he was defeated in the very entrance of Guyana, at the first civil town of the empire called Macureguari. Captain Preston, in taking Santiago de Leon, which was by him and his companies very resolutely performed, being a great town and far within the land, held a gentleman prisoner who died in his ship that was one of the company of Hernández de Serpa and saved among those that escaped, who witnessed what opinion is held among the Spaniards thereabouts of the great riches of Guyana and El Dorado, the city of Inga. Another Spaniard was brought aboard me by Captain Preston, who told me in the hearing of himself and divers other gentlemen that he met with Perreo's campmaster at Caracas when he came from the borders of Guyana and that he saw with him forty of the most pure plates of gold curiously wrought and swords of Guyana decked and inlaid with gold, feathers garnished with gold and diverse rarities which he carried to the Spanish king. After Hernández de Serpa, it was undertaken by the Adelantado, Don González Jiménez de Quesada, who was one of the chiefest in the conquest of Nuevo Reino, whose daughter and heir, Don Antonio de Berreo, married. González sought the passage also by the river called Papamene, which riseth by Quito in Peru and runneth southeast one hundred leagues, and then falleth into Amazons. But he also, failing the entrance, returned with the loss of much labour and cost. I took one Captain George, a Spaniard, that followed Gonzales in this enterprise. Gonzales gave his daughter to Berrio, taking his oath and honour to follow the enterprise to the last of his substance and life, who since, as he hath sworn to me, hath spent three hundred thousand ducats in the same, and yet never could enter so far into the land as myself, with that poor troop, or rather a handful of men, being in all about one hundred gentlemen, soldiers, rowers, boat-keepers, boys, and of all sorts. Neither could any of the four past undertakers, nor Berrio himself, discover the country. Till now, lately by conference with an ancient king called Carapana, Caribana, Caribland, was an old European name for the Atlantic coast near the mouth of the Orinoco, and hence was applied to one of its chiefs. Berrio called this district Emeria. He got the true light thereof. For Berrio came about 1,500 miles ere he understood aught, or could find any passage or entrance into any part thereof. Yet he had experience of all these forenamed, and diverse others, and was persuaded of their errors and mistakings. Berrio sought it by the river Casanar, which falleth into a great river called Pato. Pato falleth into Meta, and Meta into Baracan, which is also called Orinoque. He took his journey from Nuevo Reino de Granada, where he dwelt, having the inheritance of González Jiménez in those parts. He was followed with seven hundred horse. He drove with him one thousand head of cattle, 
He had also many women, Indians and slaves. How all these rivers cross and encounter, how the country lieth and is bordered, the passage of Jimenez and Berrio, mine own discovery, and the way that I entered, with all the rest of the nations and rivers, your lordship shall receive in a large chart or map, which I have not yet finished, and which I shall most humbly pray your lordship to secrete, and not to suffer it to pass your own hands. For by a draft thereof all may be prevented by other nations. For I know it is this very year sought by the French, although by the way that they now take I fear it not much. It was also told me ere I departed England that Villiers, the admiral, was in preparation for the planting of Amazons, to which river the French have made diverse voyages and returned much gold and other rarities. I spake with the captain of a French ship that came from thence, his ships riding in Falmouth the same year that my ships came first from Virginia. There was another this year in Helford that also came from thence and had been fourteen months at an anchor in Amazons, which were both very rich. Although, as I am persuaded, Guyana cannot be entered that way, yet no doubt the trade of gold from thence passeth by branches of rivers into the river of Amazons, and so it doth on every hand far from the country itself. For those Indians of Trinidad have plates of gold from Guyana, and those cannibals of Dominica, which dwell in the islands by which our ships pass yearly to the West Indies, also the Indians of Paria, those Indians called Tucaris, Chochi, Apotomios, Comanagotos, and all those other nations inhabiting near about the mountains that run from Paria through the province of Venezuela and in Maracapana and the cannibals of Guanipa, the Indians called Asawai, Coasa, Ajay, and the rest, all which shall be described in my description as they are situate, have plates of gold of Guyana. And upon the river of Amazons, Thevet writeth that the people wear croissants of gold, for of that form the Guyanans most commonly make them. So, as from Dominica to Amazons, which is above 250 leagues, all the chief Indians in all parts wear of those plates of Guyana. Undoubtedly, those that trade Amazons return much gold, which, as is aforesaid, cometh by trade from Guyana, by some branch of a river that falleth from the country into Amazons, and either it is by the river which passeth by the nation called Tisnados, or by Caripuna. This episode could just have been called Gossip, as Raleigh time and again gives us rumours, things he's heard from a person who told him this, that and the other, including long lists of indigenous people and places, all of whom have gold, gold, gold. It kind of leads to the question, who is Raleigh trying to persuade here? Is it Queen Elizabeth of England? Or is it somehow himself? After giving us those tales of previous expeditions, all of which Raleigh says have failed but have taught him apparently valuable lessons, Raleigh then goes on to play what is perhaps his trump card here. The French are also showing an interest. In the next episode, after telling us so much about this mythical El Dorado, Raleigh will feed into another myth of the Amazons, not least the Amazonian women who live apart from men. So wherever you are, and if you're a new listener, or if you're one of Long History's growing band of followers, thank you for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you could like this episode or give it some kind of rating to help promote it. I hope you've subscribed already because the tales just get still stranger. But that's all for now, so thank you for listening to Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana Part 6, 
the local emperor and the hunt for gold. Goodbye.